early on Monday of this week, Facebook and all of its subsidiaries like Instagram, WhatsApp, and Oculus suffered a massive outage that uh, lasted multiple hours and decimated the company's stock price in the process. Uh, this was also on the heels of weeks of negative reports regarding Facebook's internal documents showcasing how the company was not only letting some extremist content slide, but also the effects that that usage of their platform was having on the mental health of teenagers. Uh, another issue that Facebook was happy to look past uh, as they'd been actively developing a version of Instagram targeted specifically at kids. So they were like, I don't know, this looks pretty bad. All of our data shows that this is absolutely horrible for a young mind. We should develop a kid's app before anyone else finds out. Yes. <laughs> we need to get this thing out the door right now. Maybe the problem is that all these teenagers who are just getting mentally ravaged by their Instagram feeds, the mm -hmm. problem is that they started too late. If we start them when they are just be out of diapers, it. yeah, by that point, like, no problem. I, th yeah. I say we give it a shot. Yep. Anyway, this uh, latest news in particular, uh, that was on the verge of becoming a massive scandal for the company as uh, the person who was behind all this leaking of internal documents decided to reveal themselves and appeared in a sit-down interview with CBS's 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Uh, not to try and jump right into sounding <laughs> conspiratorial, yeah. but the fact that Facebook suffered a disastrous outage that immediately dominated the news cycle and one that seems to have been caused internally Honestly, uh, very suspicious timing. The timing is pretty good. Maybe too good. Yeah. And uh, we would honestly believe that this was some kind of weird conspiracy to divert attention away from their whistleblower onto this, if it weren't for the fact that the outage resulted in just billions of dollars worth of losses in stock value and millions upon millions of dollars in advertising revenue. Yeah, this doesn't make financial sense. And Facebook has been through um, so many scandals before and come out completely unscathed. So it's not like this one was gonna do them any actual harm. Yeah. Um, yeah, bad PR, it's pretty much the norm for yeah. Facebook. They know how to, they know how to handle this. <laughs> uh, somehow uh, anything in the past has failed to hurt them. Uh, I would think that uh, the stuff that happened in Myanmar would be a pretty clear indication of uh, governments needing to clamp down on Facebook. They're, but People are trying to take them to like the uh, International Criminal Court over that yeah. right now. We'll see how that goes. But the, yeah, the consensus online uh, that I've seen from uh, reporting on this outage doesn't seem to rule out some sort of malicious intent. Uh, and this outage, it, it did affect way more than just your parents' ability to spread toxic misinformation to their friends and communities. Apparently, everything at Facebook was down because everything that Facebook, the company, operates on is all connected. So internal communication tools used by employees were inaccessible, as were their actual office buildings, with employees reporting that security cards that were used to enter doors weren't scanning because of this outage. It crippled the company. Yeah, it's, because uh, yeah, like even their, even the IT department, whose job would be to fix something like this, they cannot physically could, access Could it. not do their job yeah. because their- And they couldn't virtually access it either. Yeah, their entire infrastructure is built within the Facebook infrastructure and all of it. They basically, basically System 32 got dragged to the trash and... Uh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was nuts. They couldn't really do anything about it. Like, go, they were like, we've sent people out in person to go figure it out. It's like, they people were reporting that they had used bolt cutters to enter certain yeah. areas of pro Facebook Angle grinders, properties. bolt yeah. cutters. Yeah, they, uh, the metaphor I saw that I liked was like, it'd be like locking your keys into your car and then 
pushing your car like off a cliff. <laughs> oh, my keys were in there. Well, what are we going to do? Now I can't get into the car that's at the bottom of a lake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but here's some more uh, about all this from The Verge. The outage started just before noon Eastern time and took nearly six hours before it was resolved. This is the worst outage for Facebook since a 2019 incident took its site offline for more than 24 hours as the downtime hit hardest on the small businesses and creators who rely on these services for their income. Inside Facebook, the outage has nearly broken all of the internal systems employees use to communicate and work. Several employees told The Verge they resorted to talking through their work-provided Outlook email accounts though employees can't receive emails from external addresses. Employees who were logged into work tools such as Google Docs and Zoom before the outage can still use those, but any employee who needs to log in with their work email was blocked. And those people are now fired because they showed up to work late. They're like, well, if you would have been there, logged in before the outage, clearly you could have worked today. Uh, they shouldn't be fired, actually. No. I'm giving the managers at Facebook they a bad should, idea. They should, they should get a better job somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, yes, they should. Uh, th this continues. A peek at Down Detector, or your Twitter feed, reveals the problems were widespread. While it's unclear exactly why the platforms were unreachable for so many people, their DNS records show that, like last week's Slack outage, the problem is apparently DNS. Cloudflare Senior Vice President Dane Connect... Uh, wow, is his name really Dane Connect? Wow. All right. Cloudflare Senior Vice President Dane Connect uh, notes that Facebook's Border Gateway Protocol routes, BGP helps networks pick the best path to deliver internet traffic, were suddenly, quote, withdrawn from the internet. While some have speculated about hackers or an internal protest over last night's whistleblower report, there isn't any information yet to suggest anything malicious is to blame. Basically, Facebook and all of the other platforms that fall under it were completely deleted from the internet's address book. So when someone opened an app or typed into uh, you know, a little web address thing, uh, they wanted to go to Facebook, the internet was basically like, we have no idea what you're looking for because what you've just typed in doesn't exist according to our records. It was like Facebook was temporarily wiped off the face of the earth. Yeah, another good metaphor I saw is like, imagine, imagine Facebook is like a location, a remote location, and there's a bunch of roads that get you there. And suddenly those roads vanish and it's just trees and shrubs and grass. There's no roads. Yes. You it's, can't get there. It's still there, in theory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it also goes uh, without saying that if, for some reason, hypothetically, Hi hypothetically, all of Facebook was suddenly deleted and had actually no way of ever returning, the world would be a better place. It would honestly solve so many problems if Facebook just did the right thing and deleted itself. That's, well, yes, Facebook itself, but uh, something... Uh, an interesting aspect of this, and like in America, we just we're completely unaware. Oh, WhatsApp, of it. Yeah, yeah, like WhatsApp has just become like the standard the, messaging the protocol standard, for yeah. the world. It's yeah. how most of the world communicates, especially uh, and, specifically uh, in India and a bunch yeah, of other countries. in a lot of places. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so their communication was we're, completely yeah, decimated. Just, yeah, so we're seeing the consequences of uh, letting a private uh, company have that degree of power over how people communicate with everyone around them. Yeah. Um, not good. So, yeah, sadly, sadly, Facebook did eventually come back online. It is, it's now back to running normal after a very chaotic, confusing day, which led to a surge of users in Twitter. Yeah, and presumably Getter and Parler. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, This is like a, Facebook is like a, the, the preppy girls going over to sit with the goth kids. Yeah. Like at the lunch table, they're just like, hey guys, kind of weird over here, but I kind of like it. It's kind of cool. 
Wait, you guys say you have no rules? What? Yeah. Anyway, back to that unmasked whistleblower that went public just hours before this outage. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is actually huge news. And the fact that this employee was willing to come out of the shadows and confirm their identity and role within the company completely legitimizes what we've been hearing over the past few weeks and honestly for months leading up to this. Yeah. Uh, Francis Haugen, a data scientist who had previously worked at other major players like Google and Pinterest, was a product manager working on Facebook's civic misinformation team who left the company in May over what seemed to be uh, some pretty blatant ethical differences with the company who she says, quote, chooses profits over safety. And all of the information that she's leaked, including the statements she made to 60 Minutes on Sunday night, uh, that was all stuff that we assumed was the case. Yeah. But she provided proof and an inside look at how brazen Facebook is with content moderation and turning a blind eye to things that have a very large effect on people's lives, their mental health, and just society as a whole. Uh, it's a big deal. Yeah, this is this affects, like, it's, you know, one thing to say, like, oh, yeah, your parents are nuts on Facebook or like Facebook is causing depression with uh, teens or whatever. But like, those are all bad things. But also we're talking about the way that Facebook affects society entirely. Yeah. Um, here's from CBS News. Her name is Frances Haugen. That is a fact that Facebook has been anxious to know since last month when an anonymous former employee filed complaints with federal law enforcement. The complaints say Facebook's own research shows that it amplifies hate, misinformation, and political unrest but the company hides what it knows. One complaint alleges that Facebook's Instagram harms teenage girls. What makes Haugen's complaints unprecedented is the trove of private Facebook research she took when she quit in May. And the following are some quotes directly from Haugen during her interview with 60 Minutes. The thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook, over and over again, chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. And she added, I've seen a bunch of social networks and it was substantially worse at Facebook than anything I'd seen before. I mean, yeah, Pinterest, <laughs> Pinterest would be, uh, I, I bet, more chill about all of this. And uh, as we all know, uh, Google Plus uh, didn't really do anything. Yeah. There was uh, nobody on there. It was the, I, the nickname was Google Dust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the reporting continues. They detailed her process of acquiring and then leaking the documents. She secretly copied tens of thousands of pages of Facebook internal research. She says evidence shows that the company is lying to the public about making significant progress against hate, violence, and misinformation. One study she found from this year says, we estimate that we may action as little as three to 5% of hate and about six tenths of 1% of V and I, which is violence and incitement, on Facebook, despite being the best in the world at it. I mean, we're, we're great at this, uh, but even even we, our numbers could be better. Uh, six tenths of 1%, uh, that's still the best. Yeah. So as long as we're doing the bare minimum uh -huh. against, oh, what was it? Violence and incitement? Seems pretty serious. But hey, look, shut well, up. It we're sounds, the best. It sounds worse when you say the words. That's why we say V and I. Yeah. Calm down. Yes. We, we, we remove the actual words Stop from being themselves. alarmist. It's V and I. <laughs> yeah. And we take care of six-tenths of one percent of it. Best in the world. This is best in class. Yeah. You might say that percentage pretty low, but the percentage of letters in those two words, we took care of almost all of them. It's except for the V and the I. And if you complain again, I will direct you to our J.D. Power and Associates Awards for being the best at getting rid of V and I on the internet. Yeah. Nobody does it better. 
Anyways, Hagen told、uh, told 60 Minutes that the root of Facebook's problem is in a change that it made in 2018 to its algorithms. The programming that decides what you see on your Facebook newsfeed. "Quote: Guys, I'm getting crushed by these algorithms. My <laughs> algorithms are getting crushed." So you know, you have your phone. You might see only a hundred pieces of content if you sit and scroll on for you know five minutes. But Facebook has thousands of options it could show you. And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site. They'll click on less ads. They'll make less money.、Hmm. I'm, this, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm so shocked. Shocked Pikachu, Pikachu face in、what? full effect. What?、Here. But like I said, like this is all stuff that everyone safely assumes. Yeah. And through anonymous leaks, has heard. But this is a person putting their face and reputation on the line for it. Like, so that's why it's actually important. It's true. They are monetizing your、uh, anger, your your mental instability. The the angrier you are, they are intentionally making the more money they make. Go fucking nuts. Yes. Because they make more money when they do that. Yes. It's fucked up. Uh, Hagen says Facebook understood the danger to the 2020 election, so it turned on safety systems to reduce misinformation. But many of those changes, she says, were temporary. "Quote: And as soon as the election was over, they turned them back off, or they changed the settings back to what they were before to prioritize growth over safety." Well, all right, job here is done. <laughs> And、uh, by the way, it indicates in the interview that like they turned this off.、Um, obviously, before you could assume the January 6th insurrection. So the、uh, bumpers were down, which could、yeah. have potentially led. Well, the election's over. We can open up the crazy.、Uh, we can turn the crazy dial back up to eleven because it's done, and nothing bad will ever happen. At least until the next four years when the next election happens. <laughs> but then we'll but, just crank the dial back up. But for now, we can let these people stew in their hate and their misinformation. The angriest they've ever been. Yeah. Turn it back on. Yeah, because like as we just said, it's like some sort of weird mysticism where the angrier people are, the stronger Facebook becomes.、Mm -hmm. So after the election was their angriest, so they had to monetize that. It's like how the clown, the monster in it,、yeah. feeds off of the fear that it inspires <laughs>、yes. in children. It gets bigger and stronger, but when the kids are like, "I'm not afraid," it's like, "No." That's Face Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg is a giant clown that.、Uh, He feeds off of、uh, just people's frustration and anger. He gets bigger and stronger and richer. Yeah, there's lots of like allegories for this in modern media, <laughs> like the、uh, feeding off of fear, feeding off of anger,、uh, collecting that fear and anger. It's like it, the same、uh, comparison is made in Ghostbusters, with the、uh, the number number two Ghostbusters, where the ooze is flowing beneath New York、yeah. and it feeds off the anger of New Yorkers. Yeah. Then there's also there's the what we do in the shadows metaphor with.、Uh, <laughs> What's his name? Todd, Todd Robinson,、uh -huh. uh, the、uh, the 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 guy who just、uh, he's a mental a spiritual vampire.、Uh -huh. I don't know. He basically he he gets all he, instead of sucking blood, he sucks people's. He's an energy vampire. <laughs> yeah, an energy vampire. Yeah, and、uh, he's able to do it through the internet just、yes. by upsetting people.、But、yeah, much like that ooze in Ghostbusters too,、uh, getting the strongest it could get in New York because everyone there is angry all the time.、Uh, Facebook is the ooze, and America is the angriest place. Yeah, and I guess Myanmar. So Facebook is the ooze, and Zuckerberg is the clown. <laughs> He is the clown in the sewer next to the ooze. Anyway, you can read the rest of that interview and analysis of the leaks, as well as you know, watch the full interview from 60 Minutes with the links down in the description. Is 60 Minutes on Hulu? 
I think it is. I, they put a, a this good portion of it on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, their, and their website it's yeah. on as well. But as we previously, previously stated, these are all things that everyone, especially if you watch our content, yeah. would have assumed about Facebook. But it's good to see someone able to just come through and, and just say it. Yeah. yeah, it's true. She admitted. Confirmed. Mm -hmm. Double confirmed. Yes. But the uh, Facebook outage was not the only huge internet accessibility issue that the world faced recently because uh, the popularity of Squid Game, which is a show and not a video game, as I recently learned. Oh, you haven't watched it? No, everyone's just like talking about Squid Game. I'm like, well, this must be some new fucking PlayStation shits out. I don't know. Don't care. Don't play video games anymore. I mean, you're making, that shit off you are making a, a, a strange but not uncommon connection between this and PlayStation specifically. Yeah, Because anyway. everyone has the PlayStation. It's, I mean, it's literally a, a triangle, a square, and a circle are the uh, the people in the shows. See, I didn't even see any pictures of it. I just, I, I in my, while scrolling my feed, I'd see people being like, oh, wow, Squid Game's getting pretty yeah. crazy. I'm like, oh, okay, so it must be some new video game, whatever. I got... Because uh, why would they name a show Squid Game? They should call it Squid Show. I, I got cyberbullied <laughs> into watching it, and I and it's it's actually great. We'll get I'll talk about it. In yeah, a second, no, I, but, I'm uh, probably gonna watch it, but yeah. I, but it, it did it did take me a full week to know what yeah. anyone was talking about. It was about. like the culmination was like Saturday <laughs> of this week, and I was like, all right, everyone online, shut up, I'll watch it. Yeah. So yeah, Anyways. the popularity of Squid Game on Netflix, and it's been very popular. Yeah. So popular, in fact, that it has crippled South Korea's internet so badly that at least one local broadband firm with support from the government is now going after Netflix because of it. Damn you. <laughs> Here's Reuters. South Korean internet service provider SK Broadband has sued Netflix to pay for costs from increased network traffic and maintenance work because of a surge of viewers to the U.S. firm's content, an SK spokesperson said on Friday. The move comes after a sole court said Netflix should reasonably give something in return to the internet service provider for network usage, and multiple South Korean lawmakers have spoken out against content providers who do not pay for network usage despite generating explosive traffic. The popularity of the hit series Squid Game and other offerings have underscored Netflix's status as the country's second largest data traffic generator after Google's YouTube, but the two are the only ones to not pay network usage fees, which other content providers such as Amazon, Apple, and Facebook are paying, SK said. Oh, that's interesting. It is interesting that those companies are actually paying uh, some sort of this is a, this like, is a, like speed tax. I mean, this is a thing going back to like the old internet. Like if you... If you hosted your own like GeoCities website or whatever, and, yeah. it, and it went viral, like you suddenly owed a bunch of money yeah. to your host. They're like, you're uh, you're sending a lot of people to that website. Uh, that's going to cost you some money because we're hosting. Up. Yeah, and that's kind of gone away. Uh, and this has been uh, an ongoing argument in the United States. It's a constant battle with the whole net neutrality thing, where uh, a lot of people think that companies uh, should be paying for this, but also at the same time, they're making customers pay. They want to double dip on all of this in America. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, so far, it's one of the few, like, so, for the most part, bipartisan things where everyone seems to unite behind the fact that you shouldn't fuck with the internet. Yeah. Anyways, so. the article continues. Netflix's data traffic handled by SK jumped 24 times from May 2018 to 1.2 trillion bits of data processed per second as of September, SK said, riding on the success of several Netflix productions from Korea, including Squid Game and DP. 
Last year, Netflix had brought its own lawsuit on whether it had any obligation to pay SK for network usage, arguing Netflix's duty ends with creating content and leaving it accessible. It said SK's expenses were incurred while fulfilling its contractual obligations to internet users, and delivery in the internet world is free of charge as principal, according to court documents. But the sole central district court ruled against Netflix in June, saying that SK is seen as providing a service provided at a cost, and it is reasonable for Netflix to be obligated to provide something in return for the service. SK estimated the network usage fee Netflix needed to pay was about 27.2 billion won, or $22.9 million. In 2020 alone, the court document said. (laughs) Uh, The company added that if Netflix cannot afford to pay this fine, there are a few schoolyard games we can invite the executives to compete in. Successful completion of these games will result in the debt being paid through prize money. Is that like a reference to the show? Yeah, I, I made that last part up. So this isn't like a show about uh, catching squids and like a deadliest catch sort of thing? No. It is a great show, though. Uh, yeah, I, uh, there's a roach over there. Roachy's back. Where? You see him? Oh, God. It's a big one. Ugh. Yeah. That looks Fuck. like one of those flying boys, too. I don't like that at all. Anyways, back to Squid Game. Uh, yeah, I Ugh. think you'd like it. It's very... Uh, it's a it's a, it's a tough watch. Very uh, lots of anxiety, lots of stress. Um, it's you know it's been compared to like stuff like Hunger Games and Battle Royale. It's different enough yeah, that it's actually it's... unique and 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 different. It is different enough that it is a, its own thing, and it's actually very well shot and very well done. It is not like you know how Hunger Games is like. Well, I've already seen Battle Royale. I would want to watch the young teen non like mm. young teen fiction version of this. This is actually its own thing and extremely violent and gory, does not hold back at all. The acting is fantastic. Do not do the dubs. This is definitely a subs over dubs scenario. They do have an English dub. Uh, uh, why would you do dubs for literally anything? What are yeah, you I know. Well, anyways, uh, it's actually great. I'm like, I got kind of cyberbullied into watching it, but uh, <laughs> yes, it, it does live up to the hype, at least in my opinion. So uh, anyways, while we're not sure that Netflix should actually be on the hook for this, at least the broadband provider isn't pushing the bill to its paying customers, at least based on the reporting we've seen, because that would suck. She's like, mm, you watched a lot of Netflix this month. Turns out, uh, without any prior explanation, you owe us $500. Yeah, that would, that would suck. Yeah. I feel like Netflix should probably just pay that money since <laughs> they're the ones uh, profiting off all this. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that the customers there are getting screwed somehow. But, uh, hey, let's step away from tech stuff for a second so we can have some leftovers to cover on Tech News Day this week and move over to a story that starts as a horrific reminder of the frequency of school shootings, but a story that then turns into a pretty funny reaction and protest by the student body over a decision made by school administrators in Rigby, Idaho. Oh, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> and, yeah, this... This story, it honestly just frames the the standard American's ability to cope with tragedy using comedy. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we get knocked down, but we get up again. And True. We, we cope so fucking hard, we get knocked down, but we get up again, and we cope so fucking hard. Yes. Here's local news outlet, uh, outlet KSL. Effective immediately, backpacks will no longer be allowed at secondary schools in Rigby. Monica Pauly, a spokeswoman for Jefferson School District 251, tells EastIdahoNews.com this rule applies to Rigby Middle School, Farnsworth Middle School, and both Rigby and Jefferson High Schools. Quote, elementary schools will still be able to have backpacks, Pauly said. We are doing this as a precautionary measure. This comes in response to an incident at Rigby Middle School Thursday morning where an emotionally struggling 13-year-old girl was taken into custody after a gun was found in her backpack. Students are being asked to carry their books to the school and place them in their lockers. Uh, yeah, and I saw like different reports, or I don't know if it was referencing another shooting, but it seems like in this area, 
and this might be true because one of the comments that I saw was like, this is our second shooting, uh, was that like someone shot a janitor or something. So it wasn't just like, this case might have just been the gun in the backpack, but it apparently has happened in the school district. I mean, before. even a gun in a backpack is yeah, pretty uh, serious. fucking shocking shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was in high school. We both were after Columbine, but mm-hmm. even even during that period, like that would have been like, what the fuck? No, they had a, there was like, a there was a gun went off in my my high school. Yeah, it was big, and like now it's just so. Someone brought just, a gun. Yeah, it fucking happens. At whatever. my high school, someone brought a gun in their backpack, and it went off in their backpack and hit a girl in the back. Oh in my, my class. god! What? Yeah, we were locked down, and Holy like there's helicopters and shit flying all over. Is she, she okay? Yeah, she, she didn't die, but she was like. Pretty like what the fuck? I'd be so mad if I got shot because some idiot had a gun in his bag that just went off. Yeah, fuck like you. we had I'd people in the classroom so like, oh, who was it like? It's just like, well, what else are we gonna do? Everyone was on yeah. lockdown, so Jesus Christ. Uh, oh, that was separate from the time where a girl grabbed a brick and smashed a guy's head in at the lunchroom. Well, we didn't have any of that shit in Southern California. That was, that was the Florida problems. And they, they require Florida solutions. Anyways, uh, the students, however, had other ideas, and this uh, backpack ban quickly devolved into students using whatever devices that they could find to carry their school gear around in uh, that just subverted this. There's that American ingenuity. <laughs> yeah, in response to a potential school shooting. When, uh, when God closes uh, a door, uh, you, you climb over a bunch of junk that you had lying around in your garage to climb out of a window. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there they were. All these students carrying around strollers, toy shopping carts, real shopping carts, coolers, cardboard boxes, buckets, wagons, and more. My favorite was the laundry basket. Yeah. There's something like, <laughs> especially funny about carrying your books in a laundry basket. Yeah. That one got me. I don't know why. No, you should have just done it the old school way and just tied a belt to a yeah. bunch of books. <laughs> well, mommy, I'm up with, with a, a shot at, at an apple that yeah. we're going to give the teacher. Give the teacher. <laughs> yeah. And a big lollipop. <laughs> Yeah. And they're all dressed like sailors for some reason. Yeah. Got mm-hmm. a belt around my books. Uh, for some reason, I have a stick yeah. with uh, like a handkerchief with my lunch That's tied my lunch. to it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. fun. It's it, fun it all works. Uh, video of the workarounds at local schools in Idaho quickly blew up on TikTok, receiving millions of views in the days that followed and inspiring questions from confused users about the reasoning behind the ban. Because uh, in the TikTok, it doesn't explain why backpacks were banned. Did don't most schools already require like clear, clear backpacks? backpacks? Yeah, I like thought. the ones you bring to stadiums and shit. Like I feel like that would solve this. I don't know. I it's been a long time since I've been to school, but I feel like that was the case some places. But then then again, I go to Target and the back to school. There's tons of yeah. Jan Sports stuff. I don't know. I'm fucking old. I've been out of school for a long time. You tell but, us in the comments. Yeah. Do you got a clear backpack school or a regular backpack school or a rolly backpack school? Dirt <laughs> dork. Dork, look at you with your non-scoliosis. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you preserving your vertebrae <laughs> like a fucking loser. Yeah. All those cool kids are just going to be in constant pain 20 years from now. My back, because I, I never used my locker, my backpack weighed like 30 pounds. Yeah. The, the, the books they had is fucking carrying around. Like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes. And couldn't the classroom just share all of the same And books? I'm like, I got fucking five minutes to get like a quarter mile back to my locker or I can just carry... Three classes worth of shit with me right now. That's it. You're late. Go to the tardy tank, which is what they called it in my high school. And plus, if you want to be cool, you you're putting all that weight on one, one shoulder. shoulder, not both. Yeah. So, but I think it, it, it probably like my last year in high school, I was the first time I ever saw a rolly bag. So yeah, there was like one or two people, and it was exactly like who you picture. <laughs> you have the image in your mind. <laughs> yeah. and we're not going to say anything more. <laughs> that would be mean. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> the, so yes, people online had questions, yeah. obviously, like, hey, why are backpacks banned? Uh -huh. uh, and the person who uploaded this video, the student at the high school said, or middle school said, some kid brought a gun to school on Thursday, and it hasn't even been four months since our last school shooting. They should have a big old sign at the beginning, at the entrance of every school. Like that, has, it's been this many days since yeah, a forty-eight gun, days since a fucking gun incident yeah. in this school, USA. Way to go, USA! Banning backpacks instead of yeah. any kind of gun regulation. We need to take the backpack industrial complex to court. We need to take them down. Yeah, because they're the ones enabling all the school violence by hiding the guns. Yes, the guns which are our God-given right to carry. Exactly. Um, as we always say, we live in hell, and yes. that's uh, that's that. That's right. Speaking of living in hell, though, and protests, uh, let's see how people are coping with vaccine mandates over in Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, hmm. sorry. We literally can't show you images or footage from the protests because the main focal point is a gigantic flag with a swastika made of syringes on it. Someone really put some time and effort and into this design. And it is a large print. Like, this went to a printing facility. Yeah. And someone was like, yeah, cool. Yeah, we can do this for you. So I don't know if we can show that. We can. We definitely can't show that to you if you live in uh, most parts of Europe. No, I'm not. I am absolutely <laughs> not showing this because it'll get it's, it'll instantly get picked up on the algorithm. Yeah, it, it's a very not, easy symbol to detect. Not only does it look like a swastika, it literally is yeah. because it's a swastika made of syringes. But I just like imagine the printing company who's like, well, we do have a big insurance conference coming up. We got to print like some water bottles and pens and polo shirts for yeah. them. But when we're done with that, yes, we will print your gigantic 20 by 35 foot uh, swastika flag with syringes uh, yeah. on it. Yeah, this had to get printed somewhere. That's a Anyways, point. <laughs> yeah, there is a video of a woman confronting the protesters about the flag that they're using. Uh, here's some of the conversation as reported by The Daily Dot. Kelly Mills gets out of her vehicle and walks towards the group. As she approaches them, another man is heard yelling at the group surrounding the offensive flag. Yeah, I do have a problem with it. Why is it a Nazi flag, he says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Uh, in response, one of the protesters tries to do, uh, draw comparisons between the COVID-19 vaccine and how Nazis forced Jews to, uh, with, quote, what to eat, what to drink, what to smoke. You know, that wasn't really like the problem. <laughs> Every time this shit comes up, it's like uh, when people try to compare shit to slavery or the Nazis, and it's like, do you, do you know what was actually bad about these things? Like, do you understand that, like, the problem with slavery was the slavery and the problem with the Holocaust was the Holocaust? No, it's I experienced the same oppression when I tried to walk into yeah. an Aldi without my mask it's on. It's fucking baffling. Uh, anyway, another man among the group of protesters says that the uh, comparison the previous man made, quote, sounds reasonable. Jesus Christ. When asked if he went to medical school or if he studied science, the man said, I try to educate myself. And that poor guy who probably having a rough time on Monday this week, not being able to educate himself for like six hours. And last week, uh, you know, with the YouTube ban as well. Yeah. yeah. It's getting harder and harder to educate yourself yeah. these days. Uh, he added that he would not go to a big pharma medical school. What? He then refers Mills to YouTube to do more research and ask her to be more honest with yourself. Anyway, yeah, this guy is apparently unaware that YouTube has now taken a firm stance against any anti-vax content. But his advice to do your own research on YouTube, that's a, a pretty big red flag regarding how YouTube has become a massive mis source of misinformation. That's a yeah. pretty big indictment. Of this guy went that. down the YouTube rabbit hole and came out with a swastika flag made of syringes. Mm -hmm. So... This is, this is going to make me look like a smart guy. <laughs> the that, good guy. Uh, yeah, we, <laughs> that's basically the quote at the end of the video. <laughs> 
it's like that. Yeah, it's like the lady that uh, dyed her skin uh, with like iodine to look like Rose Parks. Like this is how people are. Like people are gonna think I'm a hero for doing this. Like, what you, uh, anyway, yeah. uh, the article continues. Mills immediately laughs off the man's advice. I'm not gonna go do research on YouTube for something that is so out of your realm of knowledge, she says. Shortly after, the video cuts to a different conversation where Mills asks the protester if he understands why hoisting the Nazi flag is offensive. Quote, free speech doesn't have to be appeasing, he responds. He then says he and his team were, of course, trying to be provocative intentionally. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. This is your daily reminder to get the fucking vaccine. It's fine. It's effective. I got it. Look I have at, it. Look at me. I even got the flu shot. Yeah. I'm such a cuck. Wow. They cucked me with the flu shot too. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you will be doing your part to get us all back to normal faster than anything any of these fucking dickheads yeah. are doing. Mm -hmm. Also, don't use Nazi imagery to get your point across by claiming it's just to be provocative. It's, it's stupid and it's offensive and... Uh, and also the argument that the vaccine or vaccine mandates or anything like Nazi Germany, stupid and offensive. Yes. And uh, you, you really, it's, it's also, it's just not, I, not a very effective uh, way <laughs> yeah. of uh, getting your point across. Yeah. I think. You're going to severely anger people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just upsetting. And it's not like fun trolling. It's <laughs> no. actually very serious. No. Anyways, well, it seems as though we pick on other states more frequently than our own from time to time. California, we got plenty of our own problems. Don't worry about us. Take, for example, the fact that we just had a massive oil spill in Orange County that is already taking its toll on the local ecosystem and killing plenty of birds and fish in the process. Yeah, this is, it's fucking bad. Yeah, and the uh, potential cause for it is just as dumb as anything you could think of. Yeah. From the LA Times, crews raced to contain a major oil spill off the Orange County coast as the leading edge of a miles-wide slick rolled onshore at Huntington Beach, leaving starvations of crude on long stretches of sand, killing fish and birds, and threatening ecologically sensitive wetlands. The spill, first reported Saturday morning, originated from a pipeline running from the port of Long Beach to an offshore oil platform known as Ellie. The failure caused roughly 130,000 gallons of oil to gush into the Catalina Channel, creating a slick that spanned about 8,320 acres, larger than the size of Santa Monica. <sighs> Officials said Sunday afternoon that it appeared the pipeline had stopped leaking, but it was unclear what caused the spill and how long the oil had been flowing out of the system. I don't know. Hmm. Looks pretty oily. You're right about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm. This is upsetting because yeah. uh, not only for the ecological impact and the pointlessness of all of it, but, uh, I mean, Huntington Beach has been ground zero for uh, crazy dumb shit in SoCal for, you know, a long time, but especially the last year or so. And, uh, you know, previously, all those psychos in Huntington Beach, like, they were spending half their time getting pitted out in the waves yeah, and shit. Can't do it now. Now, we've, we haven't seen them at their full power level. Now they don't, they literally cannot go get pitted because the water is fucking disgusting. They're going to be devoting 100% of their energy to, like, yelling about masks and vaccines in the street. It's going to get very serious. You would think at some point they would be like, Mm. I can't rip the waves. Fossil fuels are bad. You would hope, but... Uh, and then they get in their giant diesel truck and just... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I need this truck for the uh, completely flat and smooth roads of uh, one of the densest parts of Orange County. I don't care what you say. Sitting up tall looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, updated reporting seems to indicate that the spill may have been caused by a boat anchor. God damn it. 
It had to be the dumbest way possible. Comically stupid. Yes. The Coast Guard is investigating whether a large commercial ship set anchor in the wrong location, damaging an oil pipeline and causing a spill that threatens Laguna Beach, Newport Beach, and other Orange County coastal cities, an official familiar with the investigation said Monday. The pipeline was dragged as much as 150 feet by the anchor, the official said. Vessels are given anchor points to ensure pipelines are avoided. Coast Guard investigators are examining whether the ship's captain was aware of the dragging. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> huh, moving a little slow. What well, are that's about? I mean, okay, 150 feet sounds like yeah, it's not. Good. It, yeah, the the ships themselves are just enormous. So that's like yeah. that's like probably the standard amount of distance that an anchor would drag before fine, ripping. Fine. I'm sure it's easy. Uh, I'm not apologizing for I'm the. I'm sure boat. this is a, just an innocent, easy the, mistake that anyone could do. This might be a, a, a due to the fact that there are like isn't there still hundreds of stranded ships out there that can't come into the port because of uh, I don't even remember what the fucking reason is. But there's like a bunch of like shipping containers uh, out just sitting there waiting to come into the port. Yeah, I can't remember why. Probably coronavirus. Yeah. It was coronavirus. So yeah, I, with everything else going on, uh, cool. We got an oil spill off our coast to worry about as well. We did it. But there hey, at least summer's over, so. Everyone in Idaho after our story on Weekly Weird News and or, or News Dump or whatever, and then this story, they're like, ha ha, yeah. take that. That's for, that's for talking shit about Idaho. Yeah. And that's for constantly confusing Idaho and Ohio. And Iowa. And Iowa. Yeah. They should just merge all three of those into one state. Yeah. Just for my New state. Idaho. But uh, yeah, they're saying it's going to take like five to ten years for the effects of this bill to uh it, And it'll probably never up. go away because that happened in Santa Barbara. It's and you, very difficult. Yeah, you if still you go to the beach in Santa Barbara, yeah, you'll you get tar all over yeah, your feet. It's fucking... Oh, God, it sucks. We. Mm. They literally sell... If you go to the beach in Santa Barbara... In like the little like beach shops and stuff, they sell wipes that are specifically formulated to get fucking tar yeah. off your feet. Yeah, that's how it's it's so annoying, and disgusting, and pointless. Yeah. Anyways, let's not leave today on a super negative note. Uh, let's try to inject some positivity here by telling you about an initiative that's being launched to combat loneliness, which is great, except for the fact that this is currently going to only take place over in parts of Europe. Sorry, Americans. And it's also something that we don't think would ever work here in America oh, anyway. Okay. And, and you'll also think that when you hear what's going on. Chat registers at local grocery stores will allow people to spend more time having a conversation with the person at the register. What? From Vice, a Dutch supermarket chain says it will introduce 200 chat registers in stores for customers who aren't in a hurry and want to have a chat during checkout. The initiative, announced by the popular supermarket chain Jumbo on Monday, is meant to combat loneliness, especially in the country's elderly population. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's actually pretty nice. Yeah. They're not, look, they're not going anywhere. The, the going to the supermarket is the highlight of their day. Yeah. So, yeah, put the chattiest Kathy that you've got. Exactly. Uh, working in the, the slow lane, the, the, the designated slow lane, the chatty lane, and uh, I think this is great. Yeah. I Look, especially during the pandemic, uh, I didn't see a lot of people. So the people I did see was like the same, like every once in a while, I see the same person at the Target yeah. checkout or uh, the Starbucks barista. Like, and it was just nice hey man, like, knowing their name. Yeah. Anyway, it continues. Jumbo piloted the first so-called chat register, Kletzkasse in Dutch, in 2019 and received positive reactions from customers. The decision comes as part of the government-sponsored One Against Loneliness program, which, among other things, established a 24-7 loneliness hotline. Jumbo also said it will carefully consider areas where loneliness is a major issue when choosing where to open the 200 chat registers in branches across the Netherlands and Belgium. 
Alongside the chat registers, it will also be opening an unspecified number of cozy chat corners <laughs> where customers can have a cup of coffee and a chat and we'll donate ingredients to Oma's Soap, an initiative that brings the elderly together with university students to make soup. Yeah, so... Um, this is lovely. It's very uh, European solution. <laughs> It'd never work in America. Could you imagine? Could you imagine if we had chat registers? It would be... That would be like ground zero for Karens no to one take in advantage of other, other people's like kindness. Yeah, no one... They don't want to chat. They want... They want the feeling of control. They want yeah. they want to be groveled to. Yes. And they want They want the other person to know that I have absolute fucking power over your livelihood in this interaction. Yes. If you fuck up even once, I will come down with the fires of hell and put you on the street. Ma'am, sorry, this is kind of more of a thing for the elderly people so they have someone to talk to. I have no power in my daily life. I married too young. I have kids that are pieces of shit. I fucking hate them. I have one opportunity each week to come here to Vons <laughs> and treat other human beings like slaves. And I will have that slave. You are my slave. All right, ma'am, if you'd like to visit our cozy coffee corner, it's it's right over there. You can talk through your feelings with some other like-minded I mean, individuals. Pro it would probably help a lot. Uh, so, yes, this wouldn't work in America for the fact that uh, it would it would be a breeding ground for Karen activity. Uh, also, um, we don't... Employees at supermarkets and Target and stuff, they're not getting paid enough to fucking deal with other people's problems. They're yeah. getting paid... Not enough at all, but enough to literally shovel some groceries by yeah. and bag them. Even if, yeah. Or e let you bag them. Even if this was somehow successful and embraced in the United States, like, they would literally be replacing, they would be doing the job of a therapist, which there are not enough of. Yes. And, like, wait, not enough people are going to them. Yes. Uh, and they would, yeah, almost certainly not be paid nearly as much as what that sort of job would uh, be worth. And that is completely going without saying the fact that no company in their right fucking minds in America will waste time with a customer when there's another customer right behind them. Yeah. The entire thing is getting people through as fast as possible and getting their money away from them. Yeah. We America is like the new big thing is just fucking self-check. Just do it yourself. You don't even have to talk to anybody. And you know what? Oh, dude, you fucking narcissistic piece of shit, you get to look into a camera right at yourself the whole time anyway. The worst, uh, I mean, self-checkout is obviously, it's garbage. It never works. It's always breaking down. The worst company is Home Depot. Oh, because you have to use the scanning gun the whole time? Home too? Depot will straight up have like two human lines and then like 30 self-checkout lines. They're yeah. really pushing it and they're making all the customers just stand there and, you know, every 30 seconds something goes wrong with these pieces of shit and they have to go come and like, fix it but like it's just so dystopian and depressing well and the other thing it's like i don't think it's even saving any time like people are half the time when i go in there i'll be like scanning like a fucking piece of shit i, I just get mad and then someone has to come over and like restart the whole thing and it's like this would be faster if they just had another fucking human running this doing a line like they got over here but instead we got to do the song and dance about how i got to do the fucking work two things the the most annoying thing reason they don't work is when you're like doing something and they have you put it in the put sand it down to, put to, it to weigh it and yeah. then it doesn't think that you put it there or, nice try buddy <laughs> or there's this much space and you have yeah. a cart full of groceries and you're like oh i just put it back in the cart because yeah, i have my own fucking bags it's and then it's so like stupid you have not put it in the bagging area also the other annoying thing is that they put a bunch of these things in ralph's when i when i used to drink there'd be one lane open with a human cash register you need and then, that human to do the id check and yeah. you can't buy booze at the self-checkout so now you gotta go stand in line 
and and everyone's looking at you because you're in a line full of drunkies. Yeah. And they're like, oh, these people are all fucking wasted. Yeah. They're all buying booze. They can't go through self-checkout. Um, yeah, no, it sucks. Uh, so, again, this would never fly in America. I would love it if we did live in some sort of peaceful place where it was like, you know what's fun? Going and having a little extra five minutes with the cashier, interacting with another human. Yeah. Yeah. The Netherlands, the most, like, one of the happiest uh, places to to live where, yeah. uh, you know, it's every city is designed with pedestrians in mind. You're never, like, more than a quarter mile away from any of your basic needs as long as you live in a even somewhat urban area. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you go to the supermarket and they're like, hey, if you got the time and you want to chat, just come over this lane. You're like, you know what? Mm. Fuck it. Mm. I get, like, 300 uh, vacation days a year. I, I work, like, four hours and then uh, the government's like, you're good. I, saved, so. I saw two customers today. <laughs> yeah. It was the best work day of my life. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I do miss my barista, though. Anthony. He always told me to have a blessed day. I hope he's out there he's getting that degree. Day, yeah. I hope he's getting that good degree and he has great success in his life because he helped me through the pandemic. Can I talk to the pace. manager? Anthony said to have a blessed day and I'm actually an atheist. <laughs> I came here for this a secular offensive. coffee. This is offensive to me and I don't have a whole lot of power in my life, but right now I have power over Anthony and I'm going to use it. I did. I I would have given him a, like gone to the manager and been like, hey, this guy's doing a great job. He's very friendly. Always very nice, but then I feel like those fucking progressive commercials where it's like you're turning into your parents. Those commercials are so fucking dead on to me. I, it's it's eerie. There was one the other I day where it was just them. like there's like I park at the uh, furthest away from the stadium so that I can leave faster. Well, that's just smart. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, there's you should see the commercials. They're great. You'd love them. All right. Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for a new episode of Tech News Day. And if you haven't seen them already, check out our most recent episodes of Weekly Weird News and News Dump. Comment, like, subscribe, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.